What you're about to listen to is a Pod Bros exclusive. Age of the Geek, baby. We run the world. I see you shiver with anticipation. Man, what's gotten into you? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? It is another episode of Dave's Nerd Compendium, and I know I said I was going to be doing multiple episodes of the Nerd Book Club this month. Well, this one is kind of a nerd book club, but it's not really a nerd book club. The reason being is I only got one book I read this entire month, or this week, I should say. I started it last month and finally finished it uh, last night. It's Stephen King's It, and if you know the novel, it's 1,138 pages. It's a thick book, and the copy I got that is copywritten from 1986, actually 1987 was when it was reprinted, um, it's very small font, so it takes a while for me to read it, especially with doing schoolwork and everything. But I do have a little bit of a insight for you, a little treat for you. But you'll have to wait for that. I will play something here in a little bit that will give you a little bit of insight on something that's been happening on the back side of things. So, hey, just stay tuned. But first... Let me get into the uh, little bit of backstory before I get into the plot of everything. It was written in 1986. It's the 18th novel, yet 22nd book, written by Stephen King under his real name. The story follows the experience of seven children as they are traumatized by an alien being that exploits their fears and phobias of its victims to disguise itself while hunting for prey. It primarily appears in the form of a clown to attract uh, its preferred prey of younger children. The novel is told through narration or narrative uh, alternating between two basic time periods. The largely told part is in the third-person uh, omnificent mode. Um, it deals with a theme that eventually becomes King's staple. The power of memory, childhood trauma, and its reoccurring echoes in adulthood. The ugliness lurking behind the facade of a small town, quaintness and overcoming evil through mutual trust and sacrifice. King has stated that his first conceived or he first conceived the story in 1978 and began writing it in 1981. Wait, he started writing this in 1981? I was born in 1981. Hmm. 
Maybe I am the it child after all. But I digress. He also stated that he originally wanted the title character to be a troll like the one in the children's story, The Three Billy Goats Gruff, but who inhabited the local sewer system rather than just the area beneath one bridge. He also wanted the story to interweave the story of the children in adulthood uh, they later became. This novel has won the British Fantasy Award in 1987, received nominations for the Locus and World Fantasy Award in that same year, Publishers Weekly listed it as the best-selling book in the United States in 1986. Hey, I want to take a minute to talk about a new sponsor for Dave's Nerd Compendium, Freshlees.com. Probably like, what's Freshlee.com? Well, Freshlee is a food service that provides you with healthy, fresh meals that are not frozen made with all natural ingredients, uh, gluten-free, no artificial preservatives, anything like that, cooked by professional shelves with the help of nutritionists. If you have a busy schedule like I do, and you never know what you're going to eat, instead of stopping and getting some Taco Bell or anything, forget that. Order up some stuff from Freshly.com. Com, and it's ready to eat in three minutes. You don't have to prep anything. Just take it, stick it in the microwave, three minutes, you're done. Healthy living made easy for the whole family. The meal's quality will blow you away. I was expecting something else, but it was just so good. It was like sitting at a trendy restaurant and... The food is just delicious. So, if you go to Freshly.com, use the promo code DAVE639. That's my name, Dave, D-A-V-E, 639. And what that gives you, it's two weeks of chef-cooked dinners for $40 off. That's $20 off your first order, $20 off your second order. So, dude, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Freshly.com Now, as I said, there is two main parts to this story, so two plots. There's the 1957-1958, and also the 1984-85. So let's start with the older during a heavy rainstorm in Deary, Maine, six-year-old George Georgie Denbury is chasing a paper boat down a gutter. The boat is washed down a storm drain to the dismay of Georgie, who had received the boat as a gift from his older brother Bill. Peering into the drain, Georgie sees a pair of glowing yellow eyes. Startled, Georgie is suddenly confronted by a man dressed in a silver clown suit who introduces himself as Mr. Bob Gray, a.k.a. Pennywise, the dancing clown. Pennywise offers 
Georgia balloon, which he cautiously refuses. However, the clown entices Georgie to reach into the drain to retrieve the boat and then severs his arm, leaving the boy to bleed to death in the gutter. The following June, Ben Hanscom, an overweight 11-year-old boy, is harassed by a gang of bullies led by Henry Bauer. On the last day of school, Hancom hides from his tormentors in the Barrens, where he befriends Eddie um, Kesbrick, a hypochondriac boy who believes that his asthma, or believes he has asthma, and stuttering Bill Denbury, you know, Georgie's older brother, who suffers from stuttering and rides a rusty bike named Silver. The three boys befriend fellow misfits, Richie Tozer, Stanley Uris, Beverly Marsh, and Mike Hanlon, who eventually refer to themselves as the Losers Club. As the summer draws on, the losers uh, realize that they have each had an encounter with a seemingly uh, omnificent alien shape-shifting demonic entity that takes the form as whatever they fear. Ben as a mummy, Eddie as a leper, Bill as Georgie's ghost, Richie as a werewolf, Stan as two drowned boys, Beverly as a fountain of blood squirting from her bathroom sink, and Mike as a large, vicious, otherworldly bird, one not found in any of Stan's bird books. Due to the unknown origins of the monster, the losers refer to the creature as it, and link it with a series of recent child, or child, yeah, child murders including that of Edward Eddie uh, Cochran, who is killed by the monster in the form of the Gill Man. Meanwhile, an increasingly unhinged and sadistic Henry Bauer begins focusing his attentions on the African-American neighbor, Mike Hanlon, and his father. Henry kills Mike's dog and chases the terrified boy into the Barrens, where he befriends the other losers. Mike tells the losers that he was attacked by it in the form of a flesh-eating bird, and they realize through Mike's picture book that it has been around for hundreds of years. The losers begin to suspect that it has control over dairy due to the numerous of unsolved disappearances and violent tragedies that go unnoticed or seem forgotten by adults in the town. One afternoon towards the end of summer, Henry and the gang initiate a rock fight with the losers in the Baron. The bullies are left defeated and embarrassed and injured. Harry, or Henry, swears revenge on the losers before departing. After further Encounters with it in the form of Pennywise and various other manifestations, the losers construct a makeshift American Indian smoke coal, which Richie and Mike use to hallucinate its origins. 
In doing so, they discovered that it came to dairy millions of years ago before an asteroid and like or before in an asteroid like uh, impact in every 27 years it awakes from its slumber underneath the town sewers. Usually after some kind of terrible event or tragedy to feed on children uh, for a period of 12 to 16 months. In late July, Eddie is hospitalized after an attack by Henry Bauer and several of his friends. Spying on them, Beverly witnesses one of the bullies, uh, Patrick Hochstetter, trying to empty a refrigerator which he had been using to trap and kill injured animals, only to be killed by it in the form of a blood suck or flying blood sucking leeches. Later, the losers discover a message from it written in Patrick's blood warning them that it will kill them. After A is released from the hospital with a broken arm, Ben makes two silver slugs out of a silver dollar, believing that silver will harm it. At the, this point in the narration, changes and it informs the reader that it existed originally in a void between universes and other in a dimension called the macrosphere. It boasts to the readers that it has a, or it is superior to anything on earth and confirms that it chose to prey on children because it believes their fears are easier to interpret into physical form, which it claims is akin to salting the meat. The kids return to the house on Neobold Street where Eddie, Bill, and Richie had previously encountered it, and it attacks them in the form of a werewolf. Beverly shoots a slug from Billy's slingshot at the werewolf, injuring it, causing it to flee back to the sewers. It, now seeing the losers as a threat, manipulates the mind of Henry Bauer, making him kill his violent alcoholic father, uh, providing him with a switchblade. Henry and two of his closest friends, Victor, Chris, and Reginald Belch, uh, Higgins, follow the losers into the sewer with the intentions on killing them. It attacks the three bullies in the form of a Frankenstein's monster, ripping Vic's head off and mutilating Belch's face, Henry, driven insane, chases the losers and gets lost. He eventually washes out of the sewer into the nearby river and is blamed for all the child's murders. Meanwhile, Bill discovers the ritual of Chud, the ancient ritual that allows him to enter the macroverse to confront it. During the ritual, Bill encounters um, Maturan, an ancient turtle and the creator of our universe, which it vomited up uh, following a stomach ache, who explains 
that it can only be defeated during the Battle of Wills. Bill enters the monster's mind through the ritual of Chud and discovers that its true form is a mass of destructive orange light, which is referred to as the Dead Lights. With the help of Maturin, Bill is able to defeat it and send it back into its slumber. After the battle, the losers get lost in the sewers until Beverly has sex with all the boys and brings group unity back to the group. The losers then swear a blood oath to return to Derry should it return in the future. Now, fast forward 27 years. July of 84, the annual Derry Carnival, three youths brutally attacked a young gay man named Adrian Melton and threw him off a bridge. Yeah, not that nice. They are arrested and charged with murder when Melton's mutilated corpse is found. One of the murderers claimed that he saw a clown dressed in a silver suit kill Melton under the bridge. Adrian's partner and the other victim in the attack had also noticed a clown, but the prosecutors convinced him not to mention it during trial. When a string of child murders occurred in Derry once again, an adult, Mike Hanlon, now the town's librarian and the only one of the losers remaining in Derry, calls up the six former members of the Losers Club and remind them of their childhood promise to return should the killing start again. Bill Densbury is now a successful horror writer living in England with his wife Audrey. Beverly Marsh is a fashion designer in Chicago and is married to an abusive man named Tom Rogan. Eddie uh, Kasprick has moved to New York City where he runs a limousine rental company and is married to hysterical uh, compartment woman uh, similar to his hypochondriac mother. Richie Tozer lives in Las Vegas and works as a disc jockey. Ben Hanscom is now thin and is a successful architect living in Nebraska. Stan Uris is a wealthy accountant residing in Atlanta, Georgia. Prior to Mike's calls, the losers had buried the horror of their encounter with it. However, all but Stan reluctantly agreed to return to Derry. After Mike's telephone call, Stan is so terrified of facing it again, he slits his wrists in a bathtub, writing it on the wall in his own blood. Tom refuses to let Beverly go and tries to beat her, but she lashes out at him before fleeing, causing him serious injury. The five return to Derry with only the dimmest awareness of why they are doing so. Remember, I mean, only um, absolute terror and their promise to return. The losers meet for lunch where Mike reminds them that it awakens rough 
roughly once every 27 years for 12 to 16 months at a time, feeding on children before going into slumber again. The group decides to kill it once and for all. At Mike's suggestion, each person explores different pa- uh, parts of dairy to help restore their memory. While exploring, Eddie, Richie, Beverly, and Ben are faced with manifestations of it. Eddie, as Belch Huggins in leper form, Richie as Paul Bunyan's or as a Paul Bunyan statue, Beverly as a the witch from Hansel and Gretel, and Ben as Dracula. Bill finds his childhood Schwinn uh, silver and brings it to Mike's. The three other people are also converging on the town. Audrey, who is worried about Bill, Tom, who plans to kill Beverly, and Henry Bowers, who has escaped from Juniper Hill Mental Asylum with the help of it. Mike and Henry have a violent uh, confrontation in front of the library. Mike is nearly killed by, or nearly killed, but Henry escapes, uh, severely injured, although Henry is driven to the hotel where he, or where it instructs him to kill the rest of the losers. Henry attacks Eddie, breaking his arm once again, but in the fight, Henry is killed. It appears to Tom and orders him to capture Audrey. Tom brings Audrey to its lair. Upon seeing its true form, Audrey becomes uh, catatonic and Tom drops dead from shock. Bill, Ben, Beverly, Richie, and Eddie learn that Mike is near death and realizes they are being forced into another confrontation with it. They descend to the sewers and use their strength as a group to send energy to the hosp- or to a hospitalized Mike who fights off a nurse that is under the control of it. They reach its lair and find it has taken the form of a giant spider. Bill and Richie enter its mind through the ritual of Chud, but they get lost in it to just or to distract it and bring Bill and Richie back. Eddie runs towards it using his uh, aspirator to spray medicine in the eye of it and down its throat. Although he is successful, it bites off Eddie's arm and Eddie bleeds to death. It runs away to tend to its injuries, but Bill, Richie, and Ben chase after it and find that it has laid eggs. Ben stayed behind to destroy the eggs while Bill and Richie head toward their final confrontation with it. Bill fights uh, his way into its body, locating its heart and destroys it. The group meets up to head out of its lair, although they try to bring Audrey and Eddie's body with them. They are forced to leave Eddie behind. They make it to the surface and realize the scars on their hands 
from when they were children disappears, indicating that their ordeal is finally over. At the same time, the worst store in Maine's history sweeps through Derry, and the downtown area collapses. Mike concluded that Derry is finally dying. The losers return home and gradually begin to forget about it. Derry and each other. Mike's memories of the events of that summer also begin fade, as well as any of the records he had written down previously, much to his relief, and he considers starting a new life elsewhere. Ben and Beverly leave together and become a couple, and Richie returns to California. Bill is the last to leave Derry. Before he goes, takes Audrey, or Audra, I should correct myself, still catatonic, for a ride on silver, which awakens her from her catatonic state. That is the entire story of it, pretty much wrapped up. It is a very good book, and if you don't feel like reading it, Pick up the Audible book, because it's read by Stephen Weber, who's an amazing actor. And he just does such a great job reading it. It is phenomenal. You find out so much that is not shown in the original 1990 TV miniseries, and that which was not shown in the 2017 movie of it. Now, between the two movies, I am a purist. I like the original, although it does not age well. It was a little bit more scarier than that of this new one. But I do like the feel of the newer movie. It is strange, I know, but hey, I like the newer movie, but I am a purist. I, you can't beat... Tim Curry as it. You can't beat uh, John Ritter, uh, Tim Reed, uh, Annette O'Toole. Those are just some of the bigger name stars that were in the movie. But that's my standpoint on it. Again, go to Amazon or go to the Podbros site check out our Amazon and our Patreon page. But again, go to Freshly.com, Dave639, D-A-V-E, the number six, the number three, the number nine. Sign up, get you some good meals, three minutes cook time, and you're done. And you can have a healthy, nutritious meal. I'm signing up. You guys should too. You know what? Alright, time for some housekeeping. As always, you can find me on Podbros Network, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. But you can also find me on Twitter at DaveTheNerd underscore TNC. On Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave's Nerd Compendium. All one word, no apostrophes. You can also go to DaveNC.com and find everything there. Find everything on 
podbros.com in the Dave the Nerd section. I have a YouTube channel. Just search Dave the Nerd. And I'll do like unboxings and I might do like a movie review or something on there just to give a little bit of content. And don't forget while you're on iTunes at Stitcher to rate the show five stars, thumbs up, whatever they take. And if you write a review, I can read it and then focus the show to be more about what you want to hear. So with all that being said, thank you ever so kindly. And as always, and if you need a man, find a nerd. Overload. Pleasure overload. Excuse me, what do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.